evening and welcome to the Rail Oviedo podcast. My name's Chris Darwin and I'm here with my good friend John Mothershaw. Say hello, John. Good evening, Chris. So, tonight's headline, guys, Levante who? As the league leaders succumb to the power that is Oviedo at the Carlos Tartieri. What a game, John. I actually missed a game myself, Chris. I was travelling back from Stoke. Um, but typical, isn't it? I missed probably the best game of the season. But you, I've seen the goals. You um, missed Oviedo Pereira. winning to drive back from watching Stoke lose to Bournemouth. Bad, bad choice, John. Bad choice. Bad day at the office, definitely. Yeah. Not not only that, I got stuck in traffic on the way there and on the way back as well. But <laughs> but you don't really need to hear that, do you? Well, I thought Pereira's goal was absolutely class. Re- really good goal, clever goal. It was. It was a very, yeah. It was a very clever goal. Um, it was a. Uh, you could go as far as saying it was the perfect job done by Oviedo in the uh, in the entire match, really. Um, keeping things incredibly tight, and then doing what they do quite a lot of the time in the second half, getting getting a goal and then getting another one, and uh, and really not Levante didn't cause too many problems. He didn't. All, all all I've seen is the two goals and the clearance off the line. For, for some reason, in this division, the, the highlights are really poor, aren't they? Really, just. You literally just get the goals and that's it. You don't really get any other action. No, it's true. It's true. Um, but no, it was uh, it, again Levante, the team of the the team in the league, and they've uh, they've come they've come to, to to our home ground. And like many teams, I think it's only Royce that have uh, that have beaten us there this year, isn't it? Um, yeah, they, they've last minute goal as well. Yeah, they've gone away tail between legs, and uh, it's not necessarily open the the the, the title charge open, but. Um, but it's certainly made things increasingly interesting in the uh, in in the league table. Yeah, I mean, I've been reliably informed it was our best display of the season. Um, I believe Pereira played really well as well. He did, apart from his goal. Yeah, he, he, no, he did. To be fair, I mean, he's not had the greatest season at all yet. But uh, with Toshe being injured, he's he's taken his chance and he's he's led the line. He's led the line very very well there. Um, I'd, I'd go as far as saying it was our best result of the season. Again, I don't know if it was our, I don't know if it was our best performance. Well, if you beat the league leaders, who have barely dropped a point. That's got to go down as your best performance, really. But it was an, it was one of those games again where it just didn't look like anything was happening at all. And yet we've then come away with a two 0 win with two goals, pretty much out of nothing. We never looked like we were going to be beaten, but equally for most of the game, we didn't really look like we were going to win either. But uh, we, we've I've said that a lot this season. But again, Levante, who were running away with it, have been turned over with a clean sheet at our place. So can't complain about that too much. Yeah, you just wonder with these leaders, don't you? They're kind of that far in front. They're away against a team who are kind of top five, top six. They probably think we'll just go there, take a point, and move on to next week. So, yeah, yeah, I, th- probably I think played that's probably into right. our hands. I mean, they drew the week before, didn't they? As well, I think Levante. He, he drew. He drew the week before. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So just, just maybe that. I mean, I think you see it a lot with teams who make such a good start to the season. Uh, a bit of complacency does kick in. They're, they're finding the league quite easy so far, and before they know it, they've dropped four points. And uh, they, if they drop uh, points again next week, it does really start to, to tighten up right at the top. So, uh, 
So yeah, but uh, an, an absolutely great result. And certainly make, well, and also important to point out, what a great re- return to form following the embarrassment of the week before. I think we said in the podcast last week that you learn a lot about a team on how they react to a big defeat. And uh, we've certainly seen that. Yeah, I mean, as well, we predicted, didn't we, that it's what Oviedo do. They, they come back after, you know, a bad defeat, like you say. And it, we, we also said, didn't we, it's the kind of game that, they seem to get motivated for, you know, playing top of the top of the table teams and they just seem to rise to the occasion in these games since we since we've been following them anyway. Yeah. Well, it seems we're getting to smaller teams that we that we have problems with. Well definitely I read on uh, Nueva Espana earlier that of our six wins this season, only two of them have come against teams that have had less points than us at the start of the game. Now, I know that that might be a little bit of uh, leeway in that stat because of how tight the division is, but it, it does ring true that we typically do better against the, uh, against the, 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 the bigger teams or the, or the higher place teams. And it's typically against the smaller teams that we, uh, or the lower ranked teams that we, that we slip up against. And that kind of rings true for, for the four years uh, that we've been watching the club, I think, really. It's often been the games that we don't expect to slip up in that we slip up in. And of course, the, the, the best thing happened, didn't it? Meet you scored at the Carlos Tartiera. Which what? I've been told it's his first goal there since the fourth of February two thousand and seven against Zamora. Yeah, no, exactly. So nearly, nearly a decade, nearly a decade later, uh, he gets his, he gets the next goal, which is which. That's obviously it's great, isn't it? It's it's great. It's actually been a a bit longer coming than I think we would have expected. I mean, the form he's been in since he came back, uh, but then we haven't really scored many goals either. So. But no, what 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 a moment, and it and it obviously meant so much to uh, to everyone that was there, and you could clearly see the passion that was in Mitchu's Mitchu's uh, celebration, which was fantastic to see. So, John, let's uh, let's look through the uh, the results from the weekend. Um, we had Almeria. Uh, they beat Elche 2-1. Elche went down to 10 men. Nemanthia beat Vidalid 2-1. Uh, Oviedo, as we know, beat the league leaders Levante 2-0. Uh, Mallorca and Sevilla B drew two each. Sevilla B ended up with nine men in that game. Uh, Girona beat Lugo 3-1. Royce beat Nastic 1-0, bringing Nastic's little run to an end. Uh, Nastic also went down to ten men in that game. Getafe beat Zaragoza 1-0. Vallecano and Huesca drew two all. Huesca went down to ten men in that game. Cadiz hammered Alcacon 4-1. Alcacon Kukon went down to 10 men in that game. And Mirandes and Cordoba drew one each. It was a week of, if you're the away team, there's a very good chance you're going to have a man sent off, John. <laughs> yeah, it seems to be a common theme, doesn't it? Red cards in Spain. The, the refs do seem a bit whistle-happy, don't they? They do, but it's just, it's just yeah. I mean, every, it's as... every one of those red cards was for the away team as well, which also sort of falls into the theory that the home teams get the better deal in each game. But but yeah. Oh. So what what results stand up for you there, John? Well, I'm just looking at uh, Girona and Cadiz. They seem to be the form. So I was look, just looking at the form, and they've both three wins and a draw out of the last four games. Um, and I, I kind of quietly said I fancied Cadiz to have a bit of a title charge this yeah. season. Um, and they went on a bad run after I said that, but they seem to they seem to have picked up now. And 
They're up to, I think they're up to about eighth. So, but Girona are looking quite strong as well, aren't they? Yeah, they they are indeed. And and Sevilla B are still sort of sticking around there, aren't they? I mean. Although it's a two-all draw, Mallorca, I don't know when they went down to nine men in the game, whether they were injury time sendings off or whether they played a portion of the game with, with, uh, with, without the full complement of players. But to hang on for a draw in that situation, again, shows a good side. So, so no, they're, they're looking like, uh, quite happy there. Position. I'm quite happy there up there because they're like a shield, aren't they? There because their place doesn't really count, no, does exactly. it? So if they're up there, someone else. So it kind of favours us in a way. No, definitely, definitely. Well, the league table then, as it stands, is Levante still top uh, with uh, thirty-one points. Uh, Sevilla have closed the gap slightly. They've now got twenty-three points. I've got to say, I don't think I've got the right league table in front of us here, John. We just played round fifteen, haven't we? And it's saying here in this league we table, have, yeah. league table that we've got in front of us that um, everyone's played. Just doesn't include games. games, maybe. Yeah. We'll come back to this a bit in a little bit, listeners. But we'll go on to the uh, we'll go on to the next section, and I'll quickly see if I can bring up a league table as uh, as we're talking. Um, I've got so, one. I'll oh, go for it. Well, re- read it out, John. Read it out. Well, like you say, Levante, they're seven points clear with thirty-one points, and then there's just one point to separate the next four: uh, Girona, Sevilla B on twenty-four, ourselves and Royce on twenty-three. And Huesca in the final playoff place, they're on 22 points. <clears throat> Excuse me. Then you've got three teams outside the playoffs on 21 points, which is Lugo, Cadiz, and Hitafe. Uh, and down at the bottom, Nastic there, they're on 13 points. Uh, and then it's so tight, isn't it, everywhere you look. But Yukam, Alcorcon, and Mirandes make up the bottom, the bottom four. Uh, they're on 15 and 16 points, respectively. And of course, it's Alcacon where we travel to next weekend. That's right, yeah. Uh, down to the capital, isn't it, Madrid? In a game where, yet again, they are they're quite considerably lower in the table than than we are. So it has alarm bells ringing all all round that fixture. Definitely, it's one of those kind of tight, cagey little grounds as well, isn't it? Where probably favours the home team, but I can't remember how we got on there last season, actually. I think it was a draw. Well, we'd. Uh, I I think it's one of those games now that if we really want to push on, we've we've got to be looking to. Well, obviously we go out hoping to get more than a more than a draw in every game, but it would be good to see Hero actually push for the uh, push for the win in uh, in this one. I've been uh, spent a bit of time looking we've at got the to news. Pick away form. Just just going to say, if we want this second spot, I think we've got to pick up the away form, haven't we? The home form's okay, results wise. No, definitely, definitely. It's, it is the away form that is uh, that is the worry, and something's been picked up on uh, in in the newspapers over the last few days as well. Um, been looking at the the Asturian press and uh, sort of trying to get a bit more of a flavour of what's actually being thought of of the team up up there. Uh, El Comercio has been talking about our form at the Carlos Tartiero being the cornerstone of the sort of the early season promise. And as we mentioned earlier, only Royce have beaten us there. Uh, they also picked up on the stat that we mentioned that six of our wins this season, only two have come against teams with fewer points than us, uh, which uh, could be a problem if we stay up the top. But also with the Alcacon game and then being right down the bottom this this week, that's certainly something that we've got to start doing, putting these uh, lower ranked teams uh, teams to bed. John, what have, what magazine have you been saying? Uh, they've been uh, 
in a good article about Hector Verdi's basically saying he's the rock that our defense defensive game built on. Um, I'd go, I'd go along with this, you know. I quite like him. You know, I think I like the partnership as well with Fernandez. But going back to Verdi's, you know, he's a no nonsense defender, isn't he? Yeah. You know, he's, he's one of he's one of those kind of don't mean to keep bringing up Stoke, but he's a bit like you know a Shawcross or Hooth. You know, he's he, you know he's, he used to say, didn't he? If, if the ball gets past you, if the man gets past you, don't make sure the ball gets past you as well. You know, he'll, he'll just take both out should he need to. But you know, I, I'm not a fan of these new fad centre halves. You know, the John Stones type of player. They're great doing a Cruyff turn, but can they actually defend? You know. He, you know, he puts it in Rose Ed if it needs to be put there. And, you know, he just defends, which is primarily what his job is. No, he does. And to be fair, every game he plays or every game he starts means there is at least a 50-50 chance that Oscar Gill won't be playing, which can which can only be a good thing, I think, for our, <laughs> for our defensive record. So uh, In that particular game. But it does it does favour Oscar Gill playing in a, in a future game because he's likely to pick up suspension here and there isn't it yeah definitely definitely I don't think he'll get through the rest of the season without sitting the uh, the odd game out uh, Nueva Espana also followed uh, the Verde story saying that the league top scorers have been Roger Adan Ortuno and Brandon at uh, at different points in the season but each time they've come up against Verdes they they failed to score which is which is a very good sign actually. If you're keeping the not just the team out, but also making sure that the the the, sort of the league danger man isn't getting anywhere near the goal as well, then that suggests uh, that he's doing that he's doing very very well. Uh, they've also mentioned that Toshe is nearly fit enough to resume training, but also that our youth team player Fran Alvarez has been called up to the Spanish under 17 squad, which is which is fantastic news. Do you know much about this kid, John? I don't know, no, not at all, to be honest. Is he, he must be playing in the Vatusta team by now, then. 17, maybe. I would or possibly pres- still under 18. Yeah, I would presume he'd either be under 19s or um or the, or for sort of the the B team by by now. But no, I, I don't know a great deal about him myself. I might go and have a look on Football Manager and see uh, see what report I can get on him. <laughs> Sometimes though, if they're that good, they kind of get thrust up a bit, don't they? So. Yeah, there's been a couple in the last couple of years that have sort of been highly rated, but we've not really seen. Push through to the to the first team squad regularly. I know Diego yeah. sort of come through uh, that that way, but there was a was it Juan Steven? I think he's still with the club, but he's a uh, yeah he, he's highly rated, but he's not really done. Well, he's not really been. Seen. He went out on loan. I think it was to Caldal Caldal in the to Sierra as it was then. Yeah, I'm not sure how he got on there then. But... I think it's very, um, the B team playing to Thera themselves. So I've never really understood the. Uh, the benefit of loaning sort of sideways, but but anyway, um, but also mm. it looks like Varela and Diegi will be fit enough to travel to Alcacon on Saturday as well if selected. So a few of the injuries are, are starting to heal, which is which is good to know. Definitely. So what games will be other than our game at Alcacon? What uh, what games we've got coming up this week, John? Yeah, some interesting ones this week. We've got a Friday night game, Nastic against Cadiz. Uh, on to Saturday, Lugo against Tenerife, UCAM against Numantia, obviously ourselves at Alcocons on Saturday, Vidalid against Almeria, and Zaragoza against Royce. Uh, on to Sunday, Elche Mallorca, Huesca Girona, Cordoba Hitafe, Sevilla B against Mirandes, and Levante at home to Rayo. Probably the big game of the weekend, is it? Yeah, yeah, uh, two two relegated sides, weren't they? 
yeah, Rayo was just one place above the drop zone. But, yeah, they went on that so. run, and that sort of stopped quite abruptly for them, didn't it? So, but uh, they they could well pick it up again. And Girona, another team that we keep, we're sort of saying, let's keep an eye on them at the moment. They're away at Huesca, uh, Huesca, who smashed us at their place and drew two two at the weekend. So that's chance that the Girona could drop points. Uh, I I would think. And Cadiz playing bottom club Nastic, so you'd probably expect Nastic to to get turned over in that one. But again, we really can't tell. I wouldn't be betting on the games in this division anyway. Put it put it that way. No, definitely not. <laughs> so, in in what other news have we got floating around this week, John? Uh, it was more about the the anniversary, wasn't it? The club since have been putting it out there about the anniversary, don't they? They put a it was a competition on, wasn't it, to to win a signed shirt? Yeah, if you've not seen this, uh, seen this, listeners, find the the main Real Oviedo Twitter and find the tweet where they basically say retweet this, and you've got a chance to a uh, uh, t- a chance to win a, a signed shirt, a shirt signed by the uh, the entire first team squad, which is pretty good. Something for nothing if you win it. Doesn't seem to be any mention of when it's when the winners announced, does it? But... No, I mean, in Spain, they're not particularly well known for doing competitions to the minute detail as we would be used to over over in England. Uh, things like closing dates, rules, all that kind of stuff. Nah, we, we, we don't really bother with that over here. Um, they'll, just, they'll, right, just, they'll, they'll just announce it when they announce it. Someone will actually win it, though. I, pre- I presume so. I presume so. <laughs> Uh, it was also that I, I can ne- I should be able to pronounce this perfectly by now. There we go. It, it was also their birthday as well, which uh, which is always a great occasion. Yeah, definitely. We've got a new uh, headquarters, I think, as well. Haven't you so, pro- probably know more than I on that one. I, I saw something about they're having the new headquarters. So cool. And finally, there was the, the the funniest story of the week from my point of view was that was the shareholder who tweeted in asking if he could send his shares back in exchange for the money that he invested because he needs some money for some beer. And uh, I thought that was that that was uh, the the one thing that made me giggle a little bit this weekend. Um, as we as we learn, football fans the world over have different priorities, but. Uh, I think we could still say that the vast majority of the guys that signed up as Oviedo shareholders would still rather keep hold of their shares out of love for the club rather than trade it in for a can of Fosters. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, but for, round, I'm not going to name and shame the guy because that's not particularly fair. But if you uh, if you go back over the Rail Oviedo WFC tweets over the last week or so, you, you'll, you'll probably find out who it was. But, uh, but yeah, an, an interesting take. Times are tough, aren't they? But I'm not sure they're that tough. <laughs> well, in, in, indeed, indeed. And I was going to say, I mean, I've not, I've not been in England. I certainly haven't been drinking in England for a very, very long time. But I haven't even been in England for a, for a couple of years now. I would have thought, depending on how, how many shares he bought, he's only going to get a pint anyway. I mean, keep keep, keep the shares anyway. So if you're down where you originate from, I'd imagine, Chris. Yeah. Well, all right. Okay. Fair enough. You could probably still get a full night out in Manchester for the for the cost of one share back in 2012 but yeah cer- certainly where where i was un- unfortunate enough to live uh that would probably only get you uh get you a half so the uh, the north south divide hey john would that, would that be a shandy by any chance would it, wouldn't have even been that mate wouldn't have even been that <laughs> 
Anyway, I think that probably, as we're now sort of uh, starting to digress a little bit too much, and the 20 minutes has literally just passed us by, probably a good time to end it. So, uh, as ever, find us on Twitter, at Rail, Rail Oviedo Pod. Let's do that again so you actually know what it is. You can find us on Twitter, at Rail Oviedo Pod. Uh, you're probably listening us to sound on SoundCloud or iTunes or any of those other sort of things. Please do leave us a review because it helps other Oviedo fans find us. And we shall be back next week to uh, review the Alcacon game. Thanks as ever to Luke Davis for doing the music. And thank you to John for joining us. Say goodbye, John. Cheers, Chris. Bye. We will speak to you next week, guys. Take care. <laughs>